Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Bella, the podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. Today we're talking with Yasmin Bengala, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in couples. And you can reach her at therapywithyasmin.com. So welcome, Yasmin. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so I wanted to ask you first, it's kind of a two-part question. Uh, I thought we would start with what, uh, what is it about couples that you work with that you enjoy the most? And then what's the most difficult part of working with couples? So maybe start with what you enjoy the most in couples work. Sure. Um, so I absolutely adore working with couples. Um, one of the, I think one of the most really kind of magical parts about working and doing the couples work is being able to see two people reconnect and heal a relationship. Um, it's just, it's, it's something that I feel so privileged to be a part of um, and to witness. And so I'd say that, you know, doing that part of the work is, is really wonderful. Um, that's probably mm. one of the best things. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right. So, what's, yeah. so what's the most difficult part? Of- you know, couples work is not easy. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I think that's why a lot of therapists don't do it, right? Yeah. It, it can be challenging. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, you're really – Unlike individual work where it's between you and that one other person, a couple where you've got three people in the room, and so you're juggling all these different dynamics, um, which can make the work really fun, and it can also, you know, it can be a little stressful at times. So, you know, what I know is because it is so fast-paced, I really have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself before I get into a session. Um, because my job is really to support the two people that are in there mm-hmm. and to walk with them on this journey. And if I'm not in the right kind of space or in a place where I feel like I can, you know, help the couple slow it down, it can it can feel chaotic. And mm-hmm. so I think that, especially, you know, when I started out as an intern, that's what I, I really had the biggest challenges with. So now I just know that part of the job is really making sure that I'm in a I'm in a good headspace before I get in there. Couples are perhaps spending more time together than than ever before. And, you know, while it can be a wonderful opportunity to kind of deepen those connections and do things together, I think it's also difficult to not let the little things annoy you at times. So are you seeing that in your practice with the couples that you work with? Yeah, I mean... First of all, you know, just being human, I think, um, you know, and as a couple therapist, I know having to renegotiate my own time and space with, you know, my husband, who's now home mm-hmm. or has, has been a uh, process. So I think all humans go through this, this uh, you know, space of, okay, so what does this look like now? We're sharing more time together, more space together. Um, you know, how I might work might look different from my spouse. How do we, right. how do we keep each other sane? So I think that's definitely shown up in, in, uh, my office. And another kind of interesting thing that I've seen too on the flip side is that some folks have really had to just spend this time together. You know, they've kind of had, they got rid of all the other stuff that was going around and, wow. By spending this time together and kind of being forced to prioritize, 
mm-hmm. um, this space, it's it's been an interesting and sometimes um, a, a really positive experience for some people. And I know that's not everybody's mm. experience, but that was something that did surprise me um, yeah. going into quarantine. Absolutely. Well, it reminded me, just as we're talking here, it kind of hit my brain, that it it might feel very much like, you know, that first year of living together. I think it was something you said about, you know, kind of figuring out how we're going to do this and be in the same shared space together. And we know, you know, that's a, that's a, that can be a very difficult year in marriage, that first year. That's the feel it has to me sometimes when couples are coming in. So I want to normalize if anyone that's listening to this is feeling that. It may, that may be kind of a, you know, it's that transition piece that is often that first year together. When you think of the couples that you're working or you have worked with, what would you say is the biggest, what's, what's the, the question that most couples come in with or what's the thing that most couples come in with that they want to work on? Hands down, it's communication. We mm-hmm. want better communication. You know, there are, there are some other things that trickle in as well, but usually communication right. feels like it's the root of what, brings people into therapy. And I agree, because that is what I see, too. And sometimes I think that that word communication is kind of an umbrella. Like you said, there are other Absolutely. things that, <laughs> that are Absolutely. connected, right? Like, yeah, what, so what are some of the, the communication um, issues that you see with couples or, or even in relationships, you know, parent-child or whatever, in general? I, I think that... You know, that umbrella term can, you know, really encompass things like trust, right? Can I mm. can I trust you, mm-hmm. um, you know, with my feelings? Can I trust you to, um, you know, prioritize me, prioritize our relationships? Um, really, can, can I count on you to hear me? Do I have a voice in this relationship or do I feel like um, I don't have one? Mm-hmm. Um, Boy, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff because you're right. That communication is just this, this it, it is a very big umbrella, right? Uh, it, yeah, it encompasses so much. Well, and, and sometimes like what I see in couples and, and I, I know you and I have talked before, maybe you see, is, is this tendency to, to already assume you know what your partner is going to say. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of like, oh, I know what, they, we've had this, you know, this argument a hundred times. I know what he's going to say. Um, Absolutely. And really assuming, yes, the dance and assuming the motivations behind things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a big piece. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously conflict brings people in too, right? We're fighting a lot. We can't agree on things. Right. Um, we're distancing. Um, and really, you know, there's a, a big theme that I tend to notice once we get into the work is that this feeling of loneliness within the relationship. Mm. I don't feel like I have mm-hmm. my a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that disconnect piece. What are some of the basic communication skills that maybe you and I can kind of talk about or exercises that might be helpful to improve the communication in their relationships? Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the big things that I always go back to is slowing everything down. Our culture really, we are a culture that is very fast-paced. Outcomes are the thing 
look for. We're kind of always looking for the bottom line. And mm-hmm. that works in a lot of situations. Things move so fast. Arguments move so fast because we're trying to yeah. jump to proving our point or solving the thing mm-hmm. that people just get stuck. They really yeah. get stuck. And so if we can slow it down, and I, I always joke around, my, my clients probably laugh because I'm like, let's just be molasses for a minute. <laughs> let's slow everything down and oh. really just focus on what our partner is saying, mm-hmm. really just hearing them. And being able to mm-hmm. hear your partner doesn't mean that you're giving up your own perspective. Right. You know, that's still there. It just means that I, I hear you and right. I can understand a piece of what you're saying. I love that piece because I I hear it too. And it does take a slowing down, like you said. I use that phrase a lot, let's slow down. And also, and it's funny how people react to that, the let's slow down. Sometimes I can feel couples just, oh, my gosh, I can't, right? Like I'm not in that mind frame. You're totally right. And I think it's uncomfortable to slow down too sometimes, Mm. you know. It is Mm -hmm. uncomfortable to stay within a problem and even with a problem Mm -hmm. that maybe feels like there's no good solution. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that is a very maybe normal human thing to want to try and hurry up and get through it. Right. Right. We just want to get, because I got more to do. I got other things I could get to. Exactly. Let's resolve this and move on to the next thing. But, but also teaching that in the, you know, investing that time and, and working on the resolution or just the dialoguing, just the talking, just Absolutely. the empathizing with one another actually will help in, in the future. You know, the, the time and investment and energy investment that you make now is going to help in future dialogues, right? Because yeah. uh, you get better at it. It's like practicing anything. You get better at it the more you practice it. Absolutely. Um, it isn't just a, well, I have it or I don't have it. And, you know, I mean, that it's just a skill. Absolutely. It's, you know, another thing that I always think about is if we decided that we wanted to play a new musical instrument, if we wanted to Mm -hmm. play the guitar and we've never played the guitar before, we're going to be practicing, you know, row, row, row your boat for a couple of weeks. (laughs) We are not breaking out with Stairway to Heaven right away. (laughs) And that's That's so much like our communication skills. We kind of think like, well, I tried that and it it didn't work. That's like, well, no, that's practice. It's a skill just like anything else. You know, it has to do with being able to regulate yourself, to control your emotions, to calm yourself. All those great self-regulation skills that keep us calm, we have to have those. We have to have practiced those first, you know, before we can get into these, you know, work on the communication. I think it, maybe they go hand in hand. So is that something you cover in couples work as well? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I know that we both have a, a background in, in doing yeah. um you know, our training through the Gottman Institute. And that's a lot of, you know, what Dr. John Gottman's research is about is really being able to make sure that we're in a space, we're giving ourselves the best chance to be able to have a dialogue. And when our bodies are so physiologically aroused, when they're just so, you know, hyped up with emotion, you know, the parts of our brain that really, you know, help us with problem solving and using our skills and doing all that great stuff, that part shuts it down and we mm-hmm. really get into that preservation mode. Um, mm-hmm. So you can have the most amazing skills in the world, but if you are operating 
um, you know, with your body being at such a heightened level, then you're not going to be able to access those skills. And that can be very frustrating. And that's where, again, we see a lot of couples kind of doing the, we're, we're staying stuck in the conflict because both yeah. people are unable to, you know, get into that toolbox. And I think it's a great, it, what you just said made me think, so so many couples will come in and one, of, one or both of them will say, well, I know how to do this, you know, how to communicate because I'm very successful in my business or, you know, whatever they're doing. And, and it's, it's almost like <laughs> the skills can translate, but it has to do with the ability to keep themselves calm. So often at work, I can keep myself calm and I can utilize these skills, but at home, in the, the context of that intimate relationship, sometimes it's more difficult. No one pushes our buttons like our partner. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our children. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> You're right. But you're, no, you're right. It's our partner. Because they know us so well, right? So somebody is listening and, and they want to, to practice something with their partner after listening to this podcast. You lead couples in active listening, I assume, and iMessages. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. Uh, So, you know, going back to that really active listening, the first thing we have to do is make sure that whoever is speaking, you know, you've got the listener and the speaker, and at least that's how I I address it in, in my sessions. And when the speaker is speaking, it's really like, you know, if you could picture your perspective as like a potted plant and you could take that plant and put it on a shelf and you're not throwing it in the trash and you're not getting rid of it, but you're putting it on the shelf for that moment as the listener because Mm -hmm. your entire job is to really understand your partner's perspective, you know, really look Mm -hmm. at their potted plant, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know I have all my, my corny metaphors, but (laughs) I'm a a very visual person. (laughs) That's why I love it. You can, Totally, I see that potted plant that you're talking about. That's perfect, yeah. And so I think that, you know, that is one of the biggest challenges that I Mm. see my couples have is being able to say, okay, my perspective is still there, and so is yours. It's not an either or. Right. Um, So that's a big piece. And then really as the speaker, you know, you're – you're A, asking for what you want, not what you don't want. You know, as humans, we can always hear that better. When we can hear someone say, you know, I'd really like for you um, to please text me um, every so often, let me know you're okay, versus I really hate it when you don't do that. Yeah. Um, so when we can tell our partner what it is that we're hoping um, for and what we'd like to see, we've got a better chance of them really being able to hear it without putting up the defensive walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, gosh, there's there's so there's yeah. so much around there's this. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. No. Those are great. You know, just sitting and listening without interrupting, like you said, the potted plant on the shelf, and looking at your your partner's potted plant, and giving them that investment of time and that opportunity to fully. Ex- their point of view um you know i think that's in just that just that alone is invaluable because we know we can't persuade other people or get someone to listen to us and understand our point of view unless we can do that for them and so i think we have to to be able to um to appreciate that perspective piece that they're not wrong and you're not wrong 
I mean, I'm Absolutely. telling that to clients all the time. Um, now they don't want to hear that. They want, <laughs> they want to hear I'm right and he's wrong or she's wrong. Um, but that puts us at, at against one another, right? Whereas the, yeah. the other way draws us together. We're a team. We, we both have a valuable perspective and let's look at right and and being mindful about really using feelings there's mm. there's so much in a session where it's like well i feel like you were really a jerk i'm like okay well that's not really a feeling <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and i understand where that's coming from but really getting acquainted with what feelings actually are um, and I know, I mean, probably every client I work with, I am a big fan of the, the feelings wheel, um, where it has like every feeling listed and I'm like, you know, like, okay, let's look at this because we tend to get so stuck in a couple of, you know, I'm happy, mad, mm-hmm. sad. Um, and we really kind of lose touch with what is actually a feeling, what's actually going on for us. Mm-hmm. And Nine times out of ten, you know, when we're able to say, I was really hurt by this versus you're really selfish, um, our partners are so much more able to hear that and to empathize with us and listen. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes people are like, well, I can't sit and let my partner just go on and on because I will forget the things I want to say. And I hear that quite a bit. And so I always suggest, you know, keep a pad of paper and a pen handy and just shorthand something, you know, just because sometimes I think people feel like they have to blurt something out because, you know, well, wait, I I want to make sure this part doesn't get missed or I don't forget this part. So so write it down because that's a very common uh, thing, especially when we're a little heightened. Um, Absolutely. And checking in with your body. And this is something, mm. you know, I mean, this goes back to just uh, being able to self-regulate. And it is a skill, but really starting to get yeah. comfortable with, okay, you know what? I know that I am not in the right place to have this conversation. I need mm-hmm. to do some things to take care of myself first. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe I just need a little time to, you know, breathe. And as the partner, allowing your partner to take that time because it's going to benefit mm-hmm. you in the end as well. Because it, it, it's typically one partner needs time and the other's like, no, we're solving this right now. We're not going to go. Slowing it down, allowing some space. That's just, it's so great individually, even in our own heads, just for our own, our, our own way of dealing with the world. It's a great, you know, if we can learn that to do that individually and then have it happen in our couple's work, um, it's, it's just so beneficial. Um, Absolutely. So if you had one piece of advice to give couples, one that you're like, you can only, you've got a couple that's come in and you can only share one thing or, or give them one piece of advice, what, what would it be? Okay. So they're already in my office? Yes. They're in your office. <laughs> and you're like, and my <laughs> piece of advice is like, do couple work before you think you need it. But if oh. they're already, <laughs> if they're already in there, no, um, I agree because that's exactly what I thought. I thought we have we need to let people know because what is it? Seven years that couples struggle years, with issues, yes. and yes. before they seek help, and then it's death by a thousand cuts. Right? We've done so much damage in those seven years sometimes. And the work is a lot harder. It's like if you can invest in your relationship and just prioritize that at first, you know, and keep doing the work, it absolutely pays off. Remember, this is, you know, the two of you are 
building these skills together. You know, mm-hmm. it is not mm-hmm. a it is not a magical process. Um, right. As much as I would love to have a magic wand and I could go ta da, everything's fixed <laughs> and yeah. everybody's happy, um, it it is a process. It's a process yeah. that you're going to sometimes feel like you're taking a step or two back in. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, that can also make the work so rewarding. Um, it's not going to yes. happen overnight, but um, but the changes can be worth it. Anything that is worth doing, it's usually hard. Anything of great yeah. value is usually hard. If it was yes. easy, everybody would do it, right? It's Absolutely not. There's so much that doesn't even really have to do with your partner, your own childhood trauma, your own how you were raised, your belief system, your worldview. There's so much that goes into it. And I like to let people know that because then maybe um, there's a little more empathy and a little more, oh, it's not just about me, right? Like there's some space there to to explore um that is such a great point. It's absolutely true. You know, we're usually having like 10 conversations at once, right? We think we're talking about one thing, but there's 10 things going on under the surface. It's, it's our yeah. own stuff. So I think that's it's an so excellent true. point. It's so true. The skills that we're talking about are not just, not necessarily for couples. Like I know we're both marriage and family therapists, and I keep waiting for them to change that name. But we're we're talking about human relationships. It doesn't have to be um, a partner. Or, you know, it could be mother, child, father, child, right? Absolutely. Um, the thing that first got me really into this uh, this particular part of our field was reading a book by Do- Dr. John Gottman called The Relationship Cure. And he talks a lot about these skills, but not just in romantic relationships, in friendships, mm. and in parent-child relationships and work relationships, because at the end of the day, um, so much of that, you know, transcends um, the label on the relationship, because we're just humans trying to really figure things out. And it would be so nice if we could be like, ta-da, we're adults, and we've got everything figured out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I thought that's how it was supposed to be. Right? I I don't know. I feel like, man, (laughs) it doesn't. Um, so, you know, so much of it is us trying to work through our own hurts and yeah. insecurities and, you know, mm-hmm. goals or dreams that we might not even really be aware of in the context of many, many relationships. Um, and so I think that's what makes this, this couple's work so powerful is just being able to see, you know, humans really give each other the gift of being able to say, I hear you, I see mm. you, you aren't alone in this. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for your time today and your great wisdom. And remember, you can reach Yasmin at therapywithyasmin.com. And that's Y-A-S-M-I-N-E. I just want people exactly. to know. So therapywithyasmin.com. Yep, that's exactly and it always a pleasure talking to you Catherine you too you too